when I struggle Samsu, when I was in the internet, um, this is another episode of the Fenatsu podcast. Um, the Michael Luhan Bavakwa, the Nguini Pagulokwisi, Lawrence Zama. And so, um, we have a we have a very interesting and special episode uh, for you guys today to talk about the Chamorro Land Trust. Um, but before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that if you like Fanatsu, or maybe not even like, maybe likes too strong. If you, if you're if you're Maulika, it's or you know it's 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 important. Or but maybe you don't listen all the time because you don't like talk listening to that hairy guy talk about stuff. Or, or maybe you're you're afraid of that that other guy Manny Cruz. He used to be bald. Now he's growing his hair back, and maybe he's too out there for you. I don't know. Whatever you feel about it, if you think that some of the stuff we talk about is important, if you think that alternative media here in Guam and in Micronesia and in the Pacific is important, you may want to consider signing up as a patron and supporting Fanatsu through Patreon. And so we've already got about, I think we already have about 11 or 12 patrons. We, we've got something like that. We've, we've, we're thinking about putting together our own Last Supper sort of painting of all of the patrons that we have. Um, and yeah, man, you can be Brown Jesus. Brown Jesus. You can be Brown Jesus. Because <laughs> we were just having a conversation about white Jesus versus brown Jesus. Um, but if you don't know about it, go to patreon.com slash fanatsu. You can sign up. And one of the best parts about being a patron is that you can always watch this stream live. But for those of you that sign up um, for at the extra levels, you get extra content. And so um, if you sign up for the, the Hugwa level, you get access to a very special podcast. That's the Radical History Podcast. You get special, very exclusive content, about five to ten minute episodes where I share some of the, the secret, the radical history about Guam and, and Chamorros and stuff like that. If you go even higher than that, you get the Tulu level. It's a third tier. Then you get access to the Radical Readings discussions, where we talk about important texts and what they mean in terms of activism here in Guam, in terms of also activism elsewhere, just for those of you that are interested in elevating the discussion in your own lives and your own work. So don't forget about that. And uh, But before we get into this episode, though, we also want to recognize that a lot of people out there are buying up all of the batteries, so there's no batteries when I go to look for batteries uh, later today. People out there buying all the candles, except for the religious ones. I found lots of religious candles. Um, I don't know what's up with that. Church may be losing its power. The candle lobby is losing its grip on the island of Guam. But we want to sort of... What, what is appropriate for us? Our hearts and our wishes? No. Our, mm. our prayers? We're sending uh, mind rays through the... Positive... <laughs> positive vibes where we, we just hope that everyone out there is okay please uh take care of yourself um hopefully that um while you're standing in line at hope depot while you're sitting in your car waiting for uh for gas you you maybe you're listening to this podcast and it uh um and it uh brightens it brightens your day or gives you a little bit of extra knowledge um but yes marianas and so I think I took care of that I think I took care of all of that introductions and so Lizama, why don't, why don't you uh, introduce yourselves this is where we're starting out a new thing we're bringing in new uh, new hosts new people to come in whole new crew and as you can see there's there's like people in the room now 
as you cannot see, but you may be able to hear. Like, usually it's just me and Manny, like, like depressed in a room at UOG talking, and, and there's, like, no one around us, but there's, like, people here now. And so, um, but we want to do that, bring in new faces, uh, new voices. And so here's Sangani Dididi Masnai Purhago. Remember that Fanatsu is the podcast of uh, independent Guahan, and so a lot of what we do is connected to that. Now, one of the issues that uh, you know has been uh, talked about lately, especially over the past year, um, is the Chamorro Land Trust. Um, for those of you out there um, that aren't familiar with the Chamorro Land Trust, it is um, a GovGuam agency through which people that are qualified as legally Chamorro or legally na- native inhabitants, they can go and they can get they can apply for and get 99-year leases, a dollar a year. Um, they don't get the land, but they can lease the land for a long period. Lawrence, um, what do you know about it? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Chamorro Land Trust? Um, Chamorro Land Trust, to me, it's uh, kind of like a protection for Chamorros to obtain land. and Because uh, at least here, we don't have that where compared to the CNMI where uh, you know, they can get land through being tomorrow, but mm. like really the land trust is the only way that we're protected under that. Um, yeah, and just the, hearing about the recent news with uh, the lawsuits about it, uh, it's very interesting because they say it's race-based, but really anyone else can get land anywhere on the island, and that's our like the tomorrow program for us to obtain land and uh, get back land that was stolen as well. Um, yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, if you don't if you don't know why the you know that's why history is important, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you know some of the history, then you understand why the Chamorro Land Trust was created in the first place. I mean, the Chamorro Land Trust wasn't created because the history of Guam has always been a lot of. Um, Bunyalos and bunnies and, you know, and fuzzy teddy bears. The Chamorro Land Trust exists because some messed up things have happened yeah. in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, you know uh, what is your family's history with, with, uh, with land? Any land loss in your family? Any, any connections to Sumai? I mean, even for those of you out there. Um, well, you know, Biahu, uh her grandma was from Sumai. Mm. So I actually interviewed her uh, for a history class uh, regarding how she felt prior to World War II and then her feelings after. And of course, she's grateful for the US as that's common with that generation. But um, what she told me was it just hurts to always drive around that area and she can't go back to the water to you know, because when she was little, she was always into seafood, and they'd just get whatever clams or oysters were just right there in the mm-hmm. water. It's just uh, it was a big change for her, and 
of course she yeah as i said she's grateful but it just hurts no i mean think about what it's like think about what it was like for so you know for thousands of tomorrows um to go through the 32 months of occupation and then what we oftentimes forget is that then there were several years of of hardship where people were trying to put their lives back together and for a lot of them what was even what made it even tougher was the fact that your land you know you might not be be able to even go back to where your land was and it's not just people in Sumai but it's it's people that lived in Hagatnya people that lived in the Tidzan area people that lived in the northern parts all over the island you know the at one point the navy it's estimated took two-thirds of the island mm -hmm. and so the land trust isn't created you know for no reason the land trust is created explicitly in the law as a means of of righting that wrong of righting that wrong and so we should always remember that yeah. especially because the the lawsuit um that is passed makes it sound like um this chamorro land trust is all about chamorros just um being greedy and yeah. taking advantage of other people and 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 stuff like that and when you think about it like that that that's not really the case yeah. at all i think that's the result of having a settler population that doesn't exactly know the history mm. of the land either um and then there's also senor uh sablon now he was a guest on this before right oh yes yeah. yes his family they owned a, a lot of property up in the... That's the Artero family. Yeah. yeah. And then he was talking about how many cattle and uh, pigs they had, their uh, lumber industry. And just once they took that property from him, it's where do you get your income or how do you sustain yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, a, that was a time where Chamorro culture was really disrupted, where there was like, it was like a big shock mm -hmm. to Chamorro culture. I mean, because even if you had your land, you may not be able to go back to the lifestyle you had before. Um, so much disruption. And so, so many people then jump into the cash economy, getting jobs for a living. Um, so many people leave island. Yeah. I mean, I'm going if, to, if the typhoon lets me, I'm going to go to the States next week. And there's all of these Chamorros that are World War II survivors that live out in the States. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them haven't been to Guam in 60 years. Wow. Some of them went out right in the 40s. And yeah, like I, I'm in touch with a, a group of Chamorros that, that were alive in Guam during the war. And then right after the war, because the families, you know, at that time, the families, some families weren't sure, like, is another, are we going to get attacked again? What's going to happen to us? There's nothing here for us. Everything is gone. So they went to the States and they never really looked back and... I found a collection of Chamorros that all graduated from a high school in the in the early fifties um, out in California, wow. and so I may go. I may, if I'm able to, I'm going to stop by and, and interview some of them to talk about their experiences because they went from from like elementary school in Guam yeah. <laughs> to then high school in California at that time, and so. Um, but yeah, you bring up a good point, you know. Imagine how differently it would be in terms of understanding this issue if every July it wasn't just about sort of like the the Japan you know what the Japanese did and how the United States saved us, but then you also had some discussion in there about also what what happened afterwards. Yeah, the aftermath of them coming back and not exactly uh, liberating us. But... Yeah, I mean, even if you know, if you're not even if 
uh, elders or even if people today want to feel like we were liberated, you can you can you can say that, but you also you can't deny the cost mm -hmm. just because you say it's a liberation. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like I don't know. It's like when my daughter liberates my son. <laughs> it's like I'm going to liberate you from that iPad. <laughs> it's kind of like mm. And so um it would be very very different. I mean, this is why his history is so important, right? Because what is the history that binds together people in a place? Mm -hmm. And so one of the great things that I really liked about, what I really liked about Fanatsu, like over the summer, we had conversations um, uh, with people like Hannah, who's, who's not in the room right now. <laughs> Hannah is not in the room right now. Um, Josephine, uh, Kirsten, and so many others who kind of talked about the stories that their families as Filipinos tell to connect them to Guam. But how sometimes those stories, you know, kind of either make it like the like the Chamorros are or the Chamorros are lazy in contrast to them or like they built this island. And and so when we think about it like that, if that's the history and the story they use to connect themselves, well, then, of course, the Chamorro land trust is going to be bad because mm -hmm. it's just going to be a way that sort of the lazy natives get stuff, whereas the hardworking settlers got to work for everything. Mm -hmm. But if you understand it in some of the ways that we proposed on the podcast, then you think that, no, I mean, everyone here benefits in some ways from U.S. militarization, from the United States, but we also lose. We also lose things in the process, and we're also divided in the process. Mm -hmm. And so um, thinking about the Chamorro Land Trust in this context. And so this comes after like a really tough, this is kind of a, a weird time, right? I always think back to last year. What were you doing when Donald Trump was tweeting about fire and fury? Or when he wasn't really <laughs> tweeting. I guess he did tweet a little bit about it. But like, what were you doing when Donald Trump was like, when it sounded like he was going all agate town with Kim Jong-un <laughs> and, and Guam was kind of caught in the middle? I don't remember what I was doing, but I remember I was like, dude, this guy is just setting us up for something, man. <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, and then, and then think about, so on the one hand, Guam being caught in the crosshairs or being caught in the middle of a mm. war of words, right? Yeah. And then you add on top of that the Chamorro Land Trust, right? The federal government firing, filing a lawsuit about the Chamorro Land Trust. And then the Texan mm. at the same time. Yeah. And then about the Davis case. It's like, man, it was a big jab to being a Chamorro at that time. Yeah, it definitely sucks. Yeah. Like, it hasn't sucked this bad to be a Chamorro since they were making kids eat chalk for speaking oh, Chamorro. Man, man. this is like, there. I don't know what it is. The Trump administration, the federal government seems to really not like the Chamorro people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, either Mike San Nicholas or Doris Flores Brooks can get some special red rice cotton candy <laughs> yeah. in Washington, D.C. Kind of. <laughs> To kind of help, to kind of help, uh, help get some friendlier vibes being sent this way to Guam, but, and so, what are your thoughts on some of those issues? Because, you know, you're you're younger than I am, and so, obviously, Atenestinahobensito, <laughs> and so, when we think about it, what what does this say about the direction of our island? 
Like, if you think about it now, if the if uh, all of these if all of the the federal government is cracking down on all of these ways, what's going to happen in the future? I mean, for me, it's interesting because we still have tomorrow's in our own government. Like, you know, the there's that certain class of tomorrow's that are the elite, but we're still being forgotten. So it's it's an interesting contrast there how we're in charge, but then our rights are being taken away or are hurting. Um, yeah, yeah. Last year <laughs> it was just it was just crazy times. Like, and I think I just got back to Guam mm. from uh, when I was going to school in Seattle. So it was like, man, after coming from Seattle and like no one knows you, but then you come to Guam and then like they're trying to erase your identity. Mm. You know. Yeah, it's. It's weird because when we think about it, we've people have been working hard to get us to feel more pride, mm-hmm. and then it seems like just when we there is a greater sense of pride and identity, then the federal government seems to come in, mm-hmm. and 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 one of the weird things is uh, the you know the Chuar Land Trust is not new; mm-hmm. it's been on the books since the seventies, been implemented since the nineties, and so one of the things that um. Uh, one of the lawyers who fought to get it implemented has noted is that the land trust lawsuit is politically motivated mm-hmm. from the states. That um, just like the Davis lawsuit, yeah. these are um, I don't know how I don't know how many people who watch our watch Fanatsu or listen to it are Trump supporters. We should like take a poll. <laughs> we should like take a poll. How many of you? How many of you that are watching right now are? Or that watch regularly are like fans of Trump, like, and remember that MAGA MAGA was Chamorro before it was <laughs> Americano, because MAGA is the prefix for something of high status, like Magat Lahi and Magat Haga and stuff like that. Um, I guess we could say we're the original Red Hat. No, I'm kidding. Oh my goodness, it's so, so bad. If you're a if you're a Trump supporter, um, leave a, a heart in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> but. And so when we, so I always like to remind people, there was complaints about the Chamorro Land Trust and there was complaints about the, the plebiscite yeah. before, you know, Donald Trump came to power under Obama. Mm-hmm. But under Obama, the administration was different. Like the, the administration didn't necessarily see that coming into the island and taking away land from a bunch of landless poor people was like the best way to spend its time. But then we jump ahead into the Trump administration and we see that there's a new emphasis, right? There's a new interest in, and it's not just here, but there's a new interest in kind of taking away rights from non-white people and so on. I mean, look at a Think about what Trump is, what Trump thinks is like the biggest issues that are facing the company, the country, right? Illegal immigrants voting for Hillary Clinton. Ooh, ooh, that's the worst. And oh my goodness, all of those families that are crossing the border are seeking asylum with their children. You have to separate the families. That's so important. Well, even recently, they were talking about uh, legal immigrants, anyone who had has uh, put to use the um, welfare um, 
and if certain yeah certain programs like they're targeting them too is like yeah. it's, you know they're there legally after saying he only wants to target the illegal immigrants nope it's true and there uh, there's been reports that on the border people that are latino looking like the you know they'll call your passports into question you know they say oh, you're entering illegally with fake passports there's there's all of this mm-hmm. all of these things out there and so and so oh somebody has said that it's difficult to hear yeah is there any way we can check that or is it the i think you might just have to speak up until the mic the mic is in actually what's that the mic came in oh okay Dispensa zu Vicky Terlahi, dispensa zu. Oh, yeah, Hogu should be got to speak louder. Wahu Lokwe, I'll speak louder too. And so, um, and so when we look at what the Trump administration is doing, um, like a lot of it seems to be about um, groups that are different, that are not white, that are not Christian, about sort of pushing them out of the United States taking things away from them. Um, I mean, when you see some of the people that are, Trump has nominated at the Supreme Court of the United States, oh, their right. biggest things are taking away special rights from people. So um, for those of you that have been following the, the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings in the U.S., I mean, Brett Kavanaugh said some messed up things to yeah. Native, about Native Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, if I was Native Hawaiian, then I would want to poison his, his poke. <laughs> I would definitely want to sort of, I don't know, throw a pineapple at him or something like that. Because he made some comments about Native Hawaiians not really existing, not being indigenous people. I mean, you can see that for the Republicans in power now, something like the Chamorro Land Trust is something they would totally be against. Because it is addressing the wrongs of the United States mm-hmm. in a way to benefit those who have been wronged by the United States. And when we look at Trump and his supporters, that's, that's like one of their biggest things, right? Is that they can't, they, they, if you, they, they don't want to deal with the past of the country. They, they can't deal with it. And so they just take it out on those people who represent those injustices of the past. Yeah, uh, going back to the Kavanaugh uh, hearings. Louder, louder. <laughs> back to the Kavanaugh hearings. Uh, was it Senator Harris from California, I think? Oh, Kamala, yeah, Kamala yeah. Harris. She really uh, put him in his place. Uh, I saw this one uh, clip where uh, she was just asking him straight up, is there any law that controls a man's body? And then he's just <laughs> like, um, sorry, I'm not... Uh, I'm not getting what you're saying. Like, is there any law that says what a man should do with his body? And he's just like, uh, I'm not too sure. <laughs> he's like, I'm not aware of that. Uh, he's just so just like just kept him quiet. And yeah, definitely uh, the what he said about Native Hawaiians is just really offensive. And um, you know, that's where it's like they don't realize that. They took Hawaii illegally, and they still want to say like, "Oh, you know, that was so long ago. They can't be independent anymore. They can't sustain themselves. They're too into this, uh, their Americanized lifestyle or whatever you want to call it." And um, you know, there's there's a movement there too uh, to bring back that native way of life, and 
they do have pride in who they are and their identity and it's just it's just sad and you know it's something that Chamorros can relate to as well because it's a shared experience and very similar histories yeah Kavanaugh so in the mind of somebody like Kavanaugh this is one reason why the Trump administration and and some Republicans would be against the Chamorro Land Trust they see it as what Kavanaugh says a racial spoils system so it's kind of like all of this like special pot of privilege that non-white groups get like affirmative action they see affirmative action as the same way it's like this this spoils system where like people that are not white get all this special attention and completely denying why there's a need for programs like that i mean but it's interesting because um one of the reasons why one of the reasons why uh Maisie Hirono from Hawaii the senator from Hawaii why she brought up the issue of native hawaiians and Brett Kavanaugh is because she's trying to affect the vote of a republican senator from Alaska mm-hmm. because Alaska has its native alaskans yeah. who also have quote unquote special rights and so if somebody like Kavanaugh and if others in the Trump administration were empowered to do so they would absolutely start taking away rights from other indigenous groups in the United States yeah. i mean sign me up for tribal status now it's like the best time <laughs> No no Mr. Cruz it's like a, it's like the best time now right when they're burning the house down we want to get a lease for a room in that building This is like yeah I'm please tell me tribal status will solve anything it it sounds so amazing um but so that's one reason why we got to think about this the the Chamorro land trust was around for a long time and in legal cases that's one thing you got to remember is that actually there is something to argue that if the government didn't act on it and accepted it for a long time and it's a gray area then you could argue that it has been sort of indirectly or implicitly legitimized by the government's lack of action on it you know cuz the Chamorro Land Trust has been around for 20, more than 20 years now mm-hmm. the federal government has known it's existed there may have, there's been some back and forth over the years but they never took action and they in fact connected it to certain federal funding programs and so when you think about it why now it's definitely suspect definitely problematic definitely a part of this uh, this wider agenda attacking special rights for non-white groups in the United States and then um I mean also with Trump administration they increased the funding for militarization right Mhm yeah, mm-hmm. so of course that will, if we have access to lands that were taken away um maybe they would um you know want to oh, so control control more uh, mm-hmm. land just cuz that's a part of their agenda right now is just mm-hmm. to increase the military presence That's true Oh, it's flipped. Yeah, I flipped it. Oh, did you flip it back? Oh, now you flipped it twice. Oh, yeah, for day. Eh, like you said James Bomba. And so that's why it's good that so many Chamorros like to use the Are we back online? Yes. Oh, Lanya. Oh. <laughs> 
dispenser to gonna get me on camera saying saying weird things about the Chamorro language. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, we are back. We are back on now. Dispenser Zutatlu for that interruption. And so, um, yeah, I think um, for those of you that are just turning in, we're talking about the Chamorro Land Trust case. Last year, last September, the U.S. federal government filed a lawsuit against the, the, the government of Guam, the Chamorro Land Trust in particular, and it is... And they've sent some motions back and forth. Uh, possibly next March is when the case might take place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a bit it's a bit complicated um, because. And this is um, this is where we sort of run into problems. We were mentioning tribal status earlier, right? Um, and where do Chamorros fit in in the United States? Isn't that the question, right? Isn't that the question when you're when you're buying something on eBay? Where do the Chamorro people fit into the United States? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this: the last time that I bought something, I bought oh, the, I bound, I downloaded um, the new World of Warcraft expansion, Battle for Azeroth, from the GameStop website, and there's two GameStops on Guam. But in order to download it, I had to say that I was a military person stationed on Guam. Because they would not let me put Guam as as the state, and if I put Guam as the country, then I couldn't buy it. Yeah. And so, that's something that we've all had experiences with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah especially with uh, shipping stuff here, just ordering stuff online. It's it's crazy how it just automatically designates Guam as a military um, establishment. And there's a even a reading for uh, Cooper's class that the it was Anderson Air Force Base is interchangeable with Guam, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's, you know that's just like there. And then even going back to the North Korea uh, incident where they our population was at what two they put two thousand. Oh yes, yeah. just for the Fox just, News posted the graphic. Saying the, that the people of Americans affected by this would yeah. just be the military presence on the island, mm-hmm. and so this is a this is an issue that we've all had in the 1920s. Chamorro uh, po- politicians and leaders asked the question: Are we fish or are we fowl? To American uh, visiting uh, congressmen and senators, are we with you or are we not with you? Are we a part of the United States or are we not part of the United States? And for all of the things that the Organic Act and others have, have done, they haven't actually solved the question or resolved the question of what is the relationship, what is, what is Guam politically, and what are Chamorros? And so this is where this case falls in as well, is that for the United States, they look at this and think, is Guam, are the Chamorros tribes? Are you a tribe? If you're a tribe, then you can get special rights but if you're not a tribe, you can't get special rights. But does that make sense then that the Chamorro people, which have a completely different history compared to Native Americans and similar in some ways, different in others, does it make sense that we should have to prove our identity and our existence in order to get recognized by the federal government so that we can create programs for ourselves? Yeah, I mean, 
that goes back to just the whole plebiscite thing how people are like why should tomorrow's be the only ones to vote when there isn't a pure tomorrow but mm. you know some most of us can trace our lineage back and even um if we can't we these families with uh you know more spanish last names or whatever it's they're still culturally tomorrow and it wasn't a problem really uh before the u.s um yeah yeah i think um and so for me all of this points to the issue of decolonization mm -hmm. the issue of changing our political status because if you know, if any elected leader tells you that sort of we need to solve this in like these small ways, you know, they're, they're just telling you the easy way out. We have to figure out what our relationship is to the world mm -hmm. and to the United States. And if you want to be a state, that's, that's up to you. You know, it's, that's, that's an okay idea. I, I don't like it and I'm happy to talk to you about why I don't like it. If you want to be independent, I like that a lot more. It doesn't mean that independence is easy, but... You know, that I prefer that absolutely. Freely associated, you know, all of those. Um, but pick a status where we don't have to play this weird game where if we do something here and as long as the federal government doesn't notice, then it's okay. But the moment you have some guys come into the Department of Justice who hate, hate it when brown people get things that white people don't, and suddenly there's all these lawsuits or how the military wants to do something and they just got to pick a spot and we got to live with it. Mm -hmm. And so this is why decolonization is so important for this conversation. I'm glad that the, 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 the Attorney General is fighting the Chamorro Land Trust case. I know, you know, I know that there's always pressure to sort of give in and just because it's the federal government and they hold all the cards, they have all the power, but we got to stand up for what's right. That's the most important thing. Just because you have power doesn't mean you're right. You know? Always got to remember that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know we're almost out of, I know we're, we're almost out of time. Um, and so do you want to share any final thoughts? And actually, you should say a little bit about yourself, too. Give a little bit more of your background. Jessica said to speak a little bit louder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry, I thought, I'm not speaking loudly, or no? What man? <laughs> you have to project your voice. Like, I have so like this. Gibson on the radio. Hello, <laughs> hello, Tao Tao Guam. <laughs> man, I think I'm speaking really loud, but I guess I'm not. Or is it because the room is large or something? It might be. Might be there's like 20 people in here, and I think <laughs> all of their bodies are like soaking up the sound waves. There's like. There. Okay. <laughs> Our producer is giving us a sign. Producer is giving us a sign. He says the typhoon is five minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, just to apologize again to Spencer um, we do have a new mic which has just arrived on island. And if the post office is open tomorrow, Manny is going to be there like first thing in the pouring rain. Um, like it's some romantic movie from the 80s. He's going to run in. He's going to get that package. And then uh, Ario Speedwagon's going to play in the background. 
But um, just because we've been doing these live cast things and, and the sound is always an issue. So Manny Sidzus Masi uh, for, for getting that new mic. And so I hear song and did it I put August on the a hostel guest in a program. so again, we'll see Lawrence's armor. But I'm louder than him, right? <laughs> oh absolutely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I win. <laughs> um so I went to school and uh, or college in Seattle for like four years. Uh came back to major in Chamorro studies. Um took Maget's class. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a independent supporter, uh, very uh, big geek or uh, on Guam history and tomorrow culture. Uh, so I plan to hopefully get a doctorate in history or linguistics in the future. Uh, and yeah. Hey, you should. You can introduce yourself as a disembodied voice, though. Yeah. Or you right can here? come. <laughs> or or my Lamagi, you can come over here. I'm the essence of Hannah. Oh. Hi, everybody. I don't know if you could see me like this. Yeah. Okay. So, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Hannah, and I'll be joining the Fanatsu team. Um, I'm really just going to start working off in the background, but maybe I might show uh, might uh, host some shows in the future. Um, yeah, so uh, my name is Hannah and I graduated from the University of Guam. Um, I have a degree in psychology. I am actually, I'm Filipina and I was born in Pompeii and I've lived on Guam since I was seven. And uh, I've really been interested in um, learning more about the struggles of indigenous people and even people from um, like different parts of the world really. So I'm really here to kind of give support to the movement and to educating more people more about uh, independence as uh, an option for Guam. Yeah. Thanks, guys. She won the most interesting sort of bio. <laughs> Just being born in Panape. Whoa. <laughs> Man, that is cool. I was, I was born on Guam. Where were you born? Guam. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't feel as special. <laughs> but, um, Wait, and so, uh, yeah, I think if you are interested in joining the Fanatsu team, we are always looking for new people, especially because um, Manny Cruz, who is not appearing this episode because he's out um, raising the class consciousness on the island, um, but he may or may not be leaving island in six months or so to sort of start a new a phase of his educational career, and so... We definitely need more people who are interested in hosting and producing, um, all sorts of stuff like that. And so feel free to message us through Fanatsu, through Independent Guahan, um, if you're interested. And just as a final reminder before we go, um, if you enjoy this, if you enjoy this, um, if, you, if, you, if you enjoy what we talk about, if you want to hear more independent media in Guam or independence-focused media in Guam, then please consider signing up as a patron on Patreon. Um, the more support that we get there, the more that we can uh, get microphones, we can get this guy's shirt, we can get me pants. <laughs> um, we could, I could get a haircut. No, I'm kidding. We wouldn't do that. We would, get, we would get fancy mic stuff and computers so on and so on. Because the more people that support us, the more we can sort of um, upgrade. 
the the technical side of it. Um, but yes, we do it through your support. You know, we don't we don't have any um, corporate overlords. We don't have any sort of a vested interests. The Chinese government is currently not paying us anything. Uh, that may change, though. That may change. I mean, if if you believe what what Paul Zerzan and other sort of um, uh, paranoid uh, white people on the island say, the Chinese are supporting this movement. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. I think they're too busy putting their money in Saipan. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's diplomacy. Exactly. It's it's soft power. I think the, the the term is soft power. But yes, so this has been Fanatsu, and so this is where the free service ends. If you sign up as a patron, then you will get to hear the next parts of this broadcast, the radical history and then the radical readings discussion. And so uh Please be careful, everybody out there in the storm. Um, and please just be careful in general um, with the Trump administration as well. Zahogu, sangana jos. Jos, jos, mawasi tak.